You're listening to the Resurgent ATL Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy today's message. Well, this is awesome. Get the uh, honor to introduce our speaker today. Uh, This is going to be part two today of a message that he started a couple weeks ago. And I'm looking forward to uh, hearing this be unpacked even deeper. He was preaching the last time, and man, I was getting downloads, just crazy stuff, just going, wow, oh, yeah, it was, it was kind of making sense to me. So uh, hopefully it's going to make sense to you this morning. So uh, we just, yeah, Jesus, just give him ears to hear. And uh, yeah, and we're praying for our, our, our guest speaker this morning. Actually, he's not a guest. He's, he's part of our body. But let's give a, a big round of applause to Mr. Jake Bullard. I'm just glad I wasn't speaking last week when Alabama lost to Texas. That would have been miserable. (laughs) Not now, because Bama won. It was ugly, but we did it. And Georgia, where were you guys at yesterday, by the way? That was pretty awful. Anyhow, all right, how y'all doing today? Good. Y'all awake on a rainy day? All right. Well, here we go. I hope I don't put you to sleep. Uh, I know it's easy to stay inside on a day like this, so thank you guys so much for uh, showing up. This is uh, Healthy Discernment Part Dos, or Dwa, or Two, for us, whatever, yeah. Um, If you missed the first one, check out our podcast. Uh, You can go back and watch that. Um, Hopefully, I'm not going to talk as fast today as I was last week or the last time, uh, and break some of this stuff down. But we're going to talk about discernment. How many of you guys like discernment? How many of y'all are big discerners, right? Like you're like discerning a spirit, like you walk in and you can just feel everything, right? You know, there's a healthy version of this and then there's an unhealthy. And I kind of unpacked that a little bit before, but I kind of want to hit a few of the highlights just so we're all kind of at least somewhere close to ground zero. Um, But one of the things about discernment. I had a friend of mine, um, you know, many years ago say, Hey, you know, I was talking to Holy Spirit and we were talking, he and I were talking about the gifts in first Corinthians 12 and in it, in his conversation with Holy Spirit, he got to discernment and Holy Spirit said, you know, it's not discernment of spirits. It's discernment of Holy Spirits. And that comment always stuck with me, right? And so I started, you know, several weeks, several weeks ago, I started, unpa- you know, the Lord kind of brought that back, kind of like that little drip, you know, bloop, bloop. And, um, and so I started unpacking some of that. I'm like, well, what, what are we talking about here, Lord? And then he, um, and then he started unpacking things. So I went in and I, I, I jumped in and uh, to the Blue Letter Bible, blb.org, great resource to look up Hebrew, Aramaic, all that stuff. Um, a lot of original language in there and all of that kind of stuff as well. And so I went in, I'm like, well, let me check out discerning, like, you know, 1 Corinthians 12, 10, and to another discerning of spirits. And that word in the Greek is diarekis or diarekis. I can't pronounce that. I wish there was like an Alabama version of Greek. <laughs> Y'all with me, right? Or just a Southern. Um, how, that'd be cool if we had a Southern Bible and it was bless your heart, you know. <laughs> in there, and then we had to interpret which bless your heart that was. That'd be great. But anyhow, <laughs> yeah, is it, the, is it like, are you really blessing their heart, or is it, oh, man, <laughs> bless their heart. They're special, you know, <laughs> that kind of thing. So, but anyhow, um, this word in the Greek means a distinguishing, 
discerning and judging, okay? Um, and then sp of spirits there, it's the neuter noun uh, pneuma, right? And that's where in the New Testament, in the Greek, spirit is pneuma. But in the Old Testament, uh, in, in, in the Greek, it's a neuter noun. But in the Old Testament, the majority of the time where you see spirit of God or spirit of the Lord, it is a feminine noun, okay? Um, you know, my wife, her name is Rachel. That's a feminine noun, right? I'm not going to call Jared Melissa, <laughs> or Rachel, or, you know, anything like that. It, it's not going to happen. Why? Because that's not his name. It's not his pronoun, if we're into the pronoun things now, right? Um, and so one of the things in this is in, in the Spirit, understanding Holy Spirit's role inside of the Godhead, right? Um, and then when we're looking here inside of discerning of spirits, um, the first definition is the third person of the triune God, Holy Spirit, co-equal, co-eternal with Father and the Son. Sometimes referred to in a way which emphasizes uh, the personality and character, the Holy Spirit. Sometimes referred to in uh, what was emphasized about the uh, Holy Spirit's work and power, the Spirit of Truth. Never, re re I love this one, never referred to as a depersonalized force. What that means is Holy Spirit is a person in the Trinity, right? And so uh, that was beautiful. Uh, now, when we talk about discerning of spirits, right, in that gift set, let's see, you know, show hands real quick. How many of you guys automatically think of discerning the evil spirits? Like when you walk in a room, what's, what's this power here? What's this principality? Anybody else like that, right? A few of us, probably all of us. Um, that's okay. That is part of the gift set. But one of the interesting things here that I, that I counted out, and I mentioned this in the first one, the, there's 12 different definitions. When you look in, like the Blue Letter Bible, you have like one and then one A, one B, one C. Y'all tracking like the sub-definitions, and then it'll get really far out. Well, the 12th definition for spirit is used of demons, evil spirits who are conceived, or uh, con um, who were, yeah, con uh, conceived, as inhabiting the bodies of men. And so we've attributed this gift of discerning of spirits as to, at least in our stream, maybe other streams, or not necessarily our stream, but charismatic, right, as to identifying the evil spirits, right? Y'all with me? Are y'all tracking with me so far? But I'd like to propose to you something a little different. Um, the discerning of spirits here is really discerning of holy spirits. And we see that there are seven spirits of God, we see this listed in Isaiah 11.2, okay? Isaiah 11.2, um, and it's the uh, spirit of the, and what Isaiah is seeing here is that he's getting a foreshadowing, a future vision of Jesus and his baptism and getting him coming out of the water. And he's seeing the spirit of the Lord rest upon him and the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. Those are the seven spirits, okay? Spirit of the Lord. Because I get a lot of questions about this. I only count six, right? Don't feel bad. You're not alone. But it's spirit of the Lord, spirit of wisdom, of understanding, of counsel, of might, of knowledge, and of fear of the Lord, right? Those are the seven spirits of God. If God can be three in one, Holy Spirit can be seven in one, right? Come on, y'all. Y'all go. Y'all need more coffee? Do I need to tell more jokes? Like, Lindsay's like, yes, I'm leaving now to go get more. I'll take a uh, 
double espresso latte, extra pump, anyhow. Um, <clears throat> but, um, but why is this important to understand this? Because um, for far too long, we have been fighting a battle that we've already won. You understand that? You've been fighting a battle you've already won. Uh, one of the things, I, I shared this before, and I feel like it's, it's worth kind of reiterating. Um, I had a vision once that the Lord gave me where I was in my Facebook group doing the, uh, you know, the, the Facebook Live thing. And, and in it, because uh, in dreams, you know, there's, there's a lot of revealing going on, right? You know, he reveals deep and hidden things. He knows what lies in darkness and light dwells with him. And so there are times to where, you know, he may reveal what you're battling, Right? But not for the sake of exposing that or talking about that thing, right? And so in this vision, um, I, I, I had this vision of me holding my phone in my Facebook group, Dreams 222. And I said, some of you guys are so concerned about finding all these witchcraft spirits and these demonic spirits, the spirit of Jezebel and Absalom and the Python spirit. You forget to find the seven spirits of God that are hidden in every dream. And it shocked me. It woke me up. I, like, out, like, it took me out of that vision. And so immediately I went into Scripture because remember this, every supernatural or spiritual encounter you have should lead you to a theological foundation, right? We're a, we're a room full of mystics. Who's mystical in here? Who likes seeing angels, right? Who likes, you know, you know, cloud of witness encounters? I mean, we can go down the list, right? We are a, like, Christianity, by the way, is not a Western religion. It's an Eastern religion, and it's wrapped in mysticism, okay? Like, Jesus walked through walls, <laughs> Right? He like disappeared in crowds. He walked, he changed the molecular structure of water so that it would be a solid, not just for him, but for Peter too. Right? That's pretty mystical. Being able to perceive someone's thoughts. Right? So we are a mystical thing, but we need foundation. So if you have supernatural encounters, make sure you have that theological foundation. Otherwise, you get weird. Right? And, and, and let's face it, we're already weird enough. <laughs> right? Um, so we need to make sure we have that foundation, but equally, if you have a theological foundation, it should lead you into a supernatural encounter. Otherwise you become cold, religious, stagnant, and impotent spiritually. Right. And so this is what happened. So I went in and started diving, deep diving into all of this about the seven spirits of God. Um, and, and so what we like, so when, we, when we're looking at the, the discerning of spirits, one of the things I want to talk about real quick before we get into breaking these out, don't always focus on the counterfeit, right? Are y'all with me? Okay. The, the counterfeit is not the authentic, right? We need to study the authentic more than we do the counterfeit. However, the church has been studying the counterfeit. Like how many books about Jezebel are there out there? Hello, right? Python or Leviathan, right? And some amazing prophets put these out there, and we need some of that. But how many are out there? Where's the books that talk about how Elijah killed her? Good morning. <laughs> We've been focusing too much on the enemy. Remember John, my favorite quote by John Paul Jackson, what you focus on you make room for, and what you fear you empower. Right? Remember, I don't know if I said this the last time, so maybe we're getting in some fresh revy and you guys can wake up a little bit. Um, the system of darkness operates off of pride. Period. What does pride want? Attention. 
right? It wants attention. That's the whole, like, all of us have been bullied at some point in our past, right? Everybody has, right? That bully wanted to put you down so that you could have your, he could have or she could have your attention, right? And so long as you had, they had your attention, you were feeding into their pride, right? Pride is what made Lucifer fall. That's why that is his currency. The currency of the demonic is pride. That's why demons will show up uninvited. But yet honor is the currency of the kingdom of God, right? And so in this, we have to understand when, when are we going to focus on, what are we going to empower, right? And so um, one of the things, Chris had this amazing revelation. And I, one of the things I'm really huge about, at least the first three times, <laughs> Is giving credit where credit's due. But Chris, one of the things he, he was sharing with me after the last message is he started getting these downloads, right? Because um, the counterfeit to uh, discernment, healthy discernment, you want to know what it is? Suspicion. Right? And there's a lot of prophets and prophetic people who operate not in discernment, but in suspicion. Right? I don't know if it, I've, I've had the opportunity to go and travel and to be in different rooms with a lot of different powerful prophetic people. I'm sure many of you guys have too. And immediately you feel the eyes. What's he dealing with? What secret sins on her heart? Right? Have y'all ever felt that before when you walk into a room? Right? Um, thank God that is not this environment. Amen? Yeah. Right? Chris and Terry have done such an amazing job of cultivating a healthy prophetic community where we can grow um, and continue to grow. So, you know, it's, it's super important, but that spirit of suspicion is like, what's he dealing with, right? What's going on over there, right? And um, from that, here are the counterfeits, right? A spirit of religion, a spirit of accusation, a spirit of judgment, like the unhealthy judgment, uh, a spirit of shame, oh, man, a spirit of guilt, a spirit of condemnation, and a spirit of pride, right? Those are the counterfeit. Like, you guys have all probably felt that at some point when you walked into a room, right? You felt that, you know, um, those, different, those different things. But what do we need to focus on when we feel those things? When we feel, uh, how many feelers do we have, right? Come on. How many seers, right? Come on, right? How many, like, you, all of them, you see, feel, sense, know, you, like, right? That's really fun. It's like overload, like, all right, Lord. But remember, like, I don't know if I've shared this one before or not. Like, so speaking of the feeling and the demonic spirits and all this stuff, years ago, we used to, when we lived out in Powder Springs, we would go to the, uh, a pizza restaurant in downtown Hiram. And every time we would go in there, I felt, uh, literally, I felt the eyes coming out of the wall, staring me down. You ever felt that before? And I was getting a little irritated, and I was already kind of understanding the Elijah that was in me. And I'm like, Lord, you want me to call down fire, <laughs> right? <laughs> and, and I'm sitting there like, what do you want me to do? Because I'm like getting irritated, and I, mean, I don't own that place, so it's not really my right just to walk in and start casting stuff out unless the Lord fully prompts me or something like that, right? So I'm like, what do you want me to do? And this conversation probably went on two or three different times that we went to this restaurant and finally um I'm like all right Lord I'm getting a little irritated I like the pizza but this is just you know this is getting ridiculous and the Lord said ignore them I'm like why because they're trying to irritate you 
And I'm like, oh. And the ability to ignore is the attribute of a king. We see that through Solomon. Right? Why? Because they want my what? Attention. And so if I start dancing around and doing a Shanda Hyundai and a, you know, whatever, maybe, maybe lathered up my hands with some anointing oil, which I love to do, by the way, and start slapping the walls as I go in. And no, ignore them, right? That's not my spot to do that kind of stuff. But I could feel like all the craziness, right? How about this? How many of y'all have uh, traveled before in the hotels and stuff? Right now, Airbnbs. You go into an Airbnb or a hotel and you feel the junk, right? You feel the evil spirit, like legit, this is like legit stuff. What do you do in that, right? Well, first off, you got to remember you have authority that they don't have, right? All authority has been given to Jesus and to you, right? So through your discerning, what do you focus on? Do you start focusing on, I'm just going to, do you start focusing on all those things? I don't want to go through the list because I don't want to give them attention, but you've all felt them before, right? Do you start doing that stuff? Or are you going to ignore them? And then if you have to pop them in the mouth, pop them in the mouth the right way. A couple of years ago, it was 2019, we went up to um, Omaha, Nebraska for a baseball tournament. And um, the whole trip, I mean, y'all have seen my kids. Only one of them, like Caleb's sick today. Rachel's at home with him because he was puking all all day yesterday, um, and then Luke had homecoming, so he overslept. But hey, Parker had homecoming, and he's here. <laughs> Playing video games, nonetheless, but he's here. <laughs> yes. <laughs> sure, Terry. <laughs> he's already bored, and his ADD's kicking in. So <laughs> so anyhow, we go, we, we make a stop in St. Louis, and then we go all the rest of the way, and um, I think it's a 14-hour straight drive through to get from here to Omaha. And let me tell you what, my kids did not argue or have one cross word the entire time. Miracles still happen, okay? <laughs> and so we get into, uh, we get to the Airbnb, and I kind of check it out and stuff, and I go to the bookshelf because you can sit, tell a lot about somebody's house by the books they have on the shelf, right? And I'm looking at it, and, and I always go in to do this. I, I don't know, maybe it's just the dad, the protector, the fighter, in me or what have you, but I go in, I, and I go to the bookshelf, and I'm like, oh, what do we have here, and oh, how to read tarot cards, great, um, the occult, nice, hell's angels, and we're not talking about the motorcycle group, I can handle those guys, right, how to become a goddess, <laughs> dude, I'm telling you, it was all over, and I'm like, oh, all right, well, we're gonna have fun this week, right, that was my attitude, for real, and um, the boys started unpacking stuff. Luke, who is the uh, big-time feeler, like all my kids are feelers, but he is a big feeler, he comes in and he flips his lid. He's anxious, anxiety, fear, all this stuff. And he's like, ah, you know, and she had a bunch of paintings on the wall. She was very talented, right, in painting and stuff. Um, but she was just, you know, deceived onto the other team. We'll put it that way. And so anyhow, he was uh, freaking out, and I was getting a little frustrated. I'm like, what's wrong with you? Like, what happened? What? You know, and it took me a second. As I'm going through the apartment and stuff, I see this one picture. I still have it on my phone. And it's of this woman figure, very dark, monotone colors, dark, beady eyes, holding a rosary at her chest, at her chest level. And then right here at her chest level as well was a church with a steeple on fire, but not a holy fire. Oh, Yeah. That was a fun one, right? So, Mellow Mushroom, nothing's happening to my family. 
okay? That was the pizza joint. I didn't mean to say that, so you can maybe scrub out their name. But the pizza joint, nothing was happening to my family. We were having a good time. They weren't being affected, so whatever. Water off a duck's back. But we go there, and I signed a contract on that place. So I actually own that place for that week. Does this make sense? And I get really irritated because my kids are, you know, they're being affected. And I see that thing, and as clear as that thing was looking, I was looking at it as, as I'm looking at you. It was looking back at me. And I got mad, and I took my authority, right? Now, this is before I had the seven spirits revelation, but I'm just going to give you an idea of, like, how to, like, execute your authority. Um, I looked at that thing, and I said, I see you. I know you're in there, and I know you hear me. And I want you to know I signed a contract on this place, and I own it from now until Friday when I go back home. And because I own it, I have authority here. And everywhere I go, I carry the kingdom of light and the kingdom of Jesus. And he has given me all authority. And so because I own that, this place, and because he's given me that authority, I'm telling you right now, in the name of Jesus, stay. I bind you. And as I said that, literally in the spirit, I saw black cellophane, like vacuum seal up to her mouth and her hands. I bound her and all her little minions and all that other stuff. I'm like, you ain't coming out until we leave, and we're well on our way home. I didn't tell where I lived, just so y'all know. (laughs) And I got mad, but instantly I felt the peace break. I'm like, ooh, right? I didn't do that in Mellow Mushroom because nothing was happening. Are y'all tracking with me? And so, you know, a, a, a need for an upgrade in healthy discernment is if you go into the pizza, you know, place and you start casting everything out or you start identifying it off of everybody. Because when you feel something on somebody, there's an opportunity to redeem that. Does that make sense? Right? Just like if you feel a spirit of suspicion, well, there's an opportunity for them. They're probably actually highly discerning. Whether they're a pre-believer or a believer, they just need an upgrade. Does that make sense? Okay. And so um, don't focus on all those things, even that spirit of religion and all this other stuff, because it's, um, it's what the enemy wants. It's what the dark side wants, right? Um, all right. So how do we focus on the seven spirits of God? Where are we at, right? So um, here's some cool little numbers for you. Spirit of wisdom. Uh, This is the most mentioned of all the spirits of God, of all the seven spirits, um, mentioned um, in combination, by the way, with understanding. Together, they're mentioned over 155 times in the Bible, specifically the New King James, right? So many times you're going to see wisdom and understanding together. Counsel shows up 89 times. Might shows up 61 times, depending on your version, these numbers might alter a little bit. Might is also known as strength, just so you know. Knowledge shows up 93 times. And then fear of the Lord, that exact phrase is 23 times, right? And so how do we operate in this, right? How do we grow with Holy Spirit? Because the seven spirits are all Holy Spirit, right? Is that making sense so far? Um, I shared this, um, I do know I shared this one, but Proverbs 9, 10, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. See, in I, Isaiah eleven three goes on after it lists the seven spirits of God, and it says, and he delighted in the fear of the Lord. Right? That's speaking of, he's still seeing Jesus here. Well, Jesus is perfect love. Can we agree on that? Right? 
And if perfect love cast out all fear, how is Jesus able to delight himself in something that he cast out? Right? Well, that fear of the Lord isn't that unhealthy fear like what the demonic wants to try to do. It's not an unhealthy fear of control. Because love does not control. Right? That fear of the Lord is the awe of God. It's, it's like, you know, I'm not going to share the story again, but um, it's, it's your kids looking up to you and knowing, or like you did with your dad, that he's 10 foot tall and bulletproof. Amen? Like all of us looked up to our dads that way. The, the, fear, the, the fear of the Lord is actually the awe and the reverence of God. Does that make sense? And so when, what Jesus was doing, the reason why and how he delighted in the fear of the Lord is because he, didn't, he never did anything that he did not see his father doing first. And he didn't say anything that he didn't hear his father saying. Does that make sense? And so as the Lord would prompt him, his father would prompt him to go to town to town, house to house, and mountain to mountain, I think Jesus was probably getting some visions, Right? of what he was going to do, and then he would walk into a situation, and he'd probably see, he would observe or discern or perceive. We see all this through Scripture. And then I think internally Jesus probably got pretty excited because he's like, ooh, I'm here on a specific assignment. What, what's Daddy going to do now? What am I going to get to partner with my dad to do? Does that make sense? It's kind of like, <laughs> like you're going up to the basketball court, and you got the little ball, and you're dribbling, and then you got all these other guys who are way more talented than you, right, that uh, are taller, more athletic, shoot better, and all that stuff. And you're like, hey, guys, can I get a pickup game? And they laugh. And they're like, yeah, sure. Hey, is it cool if my dad joins us? And Michael Jordan shows up as your dad. <laughs> right? How much confidence would you have if Michael, if, in that scenario, right? Are y'all, are y'all tracking with me? That's that same kind of awe which is the fear of the Lord, and that's what Jesus operated in. So when he would go into these situations, God would show him what he was going to do, and Jesus delighted in that. If we can learn to partner with that all of our Father in every situation that arises, how much more advancing of the kingdom can we accomplish? Oh, there's a problem right here? Instead of saying, oh, there's witchcraft here, or there's a Jezebel here, or fill in the blank, we step into it and we say, oh, Lord, what do you want to do here? I see this junk here. I know this is counterfeit. I know this ain't you, right? What do you want to do? Dad, how do you want to show up? Because guess what? He's, sometimes we'll show up sovereignly and boom and thunder, lightning, all this other stuff falls. But 99.9% of the time, he's going to show up through you. He's going to show up through you. Does that make sense? And so how are we going to partner with that? So I think that's the first thing, because we see how to operate here first is in the fear of the Lord, and that is the beginning of wisdom. How many of y'all want more wisdom? Right? Come on. Solomon prayed for it in a dream. (laughs) Right? And what what happened with him? Right? But the beginning of wisdom, and then knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. How many of y'all want revelation? Like an upgrade in revelation, right? Well, knowledge of the Holy One is going to bring that understanding. Understanding is revelation. It's taking something complicated and bringing it into an understanding that's palatable. Does that make sense? 
right? And so for us, as we have these heavenly encounters, these third heaven stuff and cloud of witnesses or just whatever it is, as we gain that understanding, it's not meant for us to hold on to. It's meant for us to digest and become part of us so that we can release it to the world around us so that they can know that daddy's good, that Jesus loves them. Are y'all tracking with me? Right? Um, the, the, the thing about um, the knowledge piece, though, the fear of the, or the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. Knowledge in this context is the same as Adam knew Eve. It is that intimacy. It's getting, it's getting naked before the Lord. Getting vulnerable is another way of putting it. One of, the, one of the toughest things to do is to get vulnerable. Can we agree on that? Whether it's with one another or even with the Lord, even though the Lord knows all things about you. Right? I have a friend of mine, she's in Australia, and she's had some uh, um, crazy seven spirits of God encounters. Um, and she had told me, and then after I processed this, I'm like, oh, that makes sense because of vulnerability. But of the seven spirits of God, spirit of, the knowledge, spirit of knowledge is the least sought after. Because it requires vulnerability. Does that make sense? It requires that vulnerability of, of, like I said, like stripping everything off, laying it down so that he can know you and you can know him. And then that's going to be, that's what's going to bring that understanding. Right? Spirit of counsel. This is a good one. How many of y'all want to know your purpose in life? <laughs> like, is that not the ongoing question for all Christians, right? Spirit of counsel will give that to you. Like, how do you do certain things in life? Spirit of counsel will do that. Proverbs 15, 22. Without counsel, plans go awry. But with the multitude of counselors, they are established. What does counsel look like in the natural sense? It's having a amazing friend, a father, to bounce things off of. Having two, three, four, five people that you know love you and you love them that have your best interest. Hey, I feel the Lord doing this. Or, hey, I've got this business idea. Or, hey, I want to create this curriculum. What do you think about this? This is what I have so far. Well, you start unpacking those things. It does, counsel still revi- requires a level of, uh, of that knowledge, of that vulnerability, because there's times like where I've started unpacking some of the stuff and then somebody's like, yeah, yeah, I'm not so sure about that because of, and they list out, and I'm like, dang it, it sounded really good 20 minutes ago in my head, right? But they had wise counsel, right? When it comes to spirit of counsel, many times spirit of counsel is going to speak to you through somebody else, right? Or if that somebody else comes to you, you giving counsel is where spirit of counsel will show up to help give you those ideas or those plans that help get established. Does that make sense, right? Business people, where you at? Donde estas ustedes, right? Hey, counsel is your friend, right? Um, it translates to uh, will, counsel, spirit of counsel translates to counsel, will, or advise. Biblical usages of counsel and purpose in that, just so y'all know, Right? Isaiah 16.3, take counsel, execute judgment, right? 
Those are a couple of just other ones. For by wise counsel, this is Proverbs 24, verse 6. For by wise counsel, you will wage war. You, you will wage your own war. And in a multitude of counselors, there is safety. Right? How many of y'all know not every fight that is before you, you're meant to fight? Right? That's another distraction to get your focus on something else. Right? You got to have that counsel. Right? Spirit of might. How many of y'all remember that story, the mama bear story from last week? Right? Like four of you? Do I need to recite it again? No, it's probably going to take too long. See, that's wisdom saying, hey, keep, stay on track, buddy. Um, but um, spirit of might brings justice. Spirit of might brings justice. Mamas in the room. When your kids, when something has come against them that is unjust, what happens to you internally? Mama bear. Does that make sense? Right? You guys, all y'all, okay? And if you're not from the South, that means all y'all, right? <laughs> all y'all, you, you carry, man, <laughs> all y'all, um, y'all carry spirit of might so well, and it's so exhibited inside of um, those kind of situations. How many of y'all heard stories about like some heavy object landing on a child and the mom coming in and that adrenaline spike? Not only is it the adrenaline, I fully believe that, but I also believe that spirit of might physically like empowering that mom to lift that 2,000 or 3,000 pound car off of that child. Or in Rachel's case, my Rachel, it empowered her to put her little finger in that six foot seven dude that made me feel like a shrimp. Right? She wasn't scared. Um, but might brings justice, too. <clears throat> How many of y'all have, have walked through something in recent times to where it was, something was undone, unjust to you? Right? My family just experienced something a few weeks ago. Spirit of might is there not to swing the sword of truth, but to swing the sword of justice. Because God's vengeance is his justice, and his justice is his vengeance. It may look completely different than ours, but that's what that is. So if you need assistance in seeing victory, seeing valor, seeing you know, justice, like spirit of might, swing your sword of justice, right? I had prayed that for, you know, I had like, go back and listen to the podcast. I had that encounter where spirit of, or spirit of might actually told me that. But um, I started, I had a whole thing with my old business, and um, I, I'd shut my business down, and I had a guy trying to sue me for a lot of money, multiple six figures, but I'd shut it down, and there was a lot of other things, moving parts in it, but there was a lot of things coming at me and my family, and I'm not going to lie, I was scared. You get the threat from a billionaire of a six-figure lawsuit, that's not fun, right? Not fun at all. But I had done everything that I knew I needed to do with integrity and honesty and, and lay that all out. And so in that process, I kept, I, I relied on some dreams that I had that the Lord gave me some promises. But in that, I was like, spirit of, spirit of might, swing your sword of justice. Swing your sword of justice on, you know, on, on my behalf because you, like, you know all things. And so I, that's what I was praying. Literally, it was six months and it was gone, dissolved, like out of nowhere, boom, gone. We're talking about a guy who has multiple billions of dollars who could pay, a mil, uh, pay a, an attorney a million dollars and never miss the million to sue me. 
Does that make sense? The odds were not in my favor. However, justice was. Spirit of might was. Does that make sense? So a lot of our spiritual battling, if we learn to partner with spirit of might, I think we're going to see a lot more uh, progress on our behalf if we learn how to focus on, on her and not on the demonic or not on the oppression or not on the pressure in life. Does that make sense? Right? But fear the fear of the Lord because that's what you're going to empower. Right? Um, all right. I had a really cool verse. Um, all right. So... Uh, knowledge we already covered that okay so just making sure i get to all these right check this out this is uh so we've talked about wisdom giving you instructions right um discernment is understanding as well right that's part of understanding that's revelation discernment is a part of revelation right uh then we had counsel right we had might uh, we've got uh, knowledge, that intimacy, and then we have fear of the Lord. We've talked about all those and kind of given some just, you know, 30,000-foot view of all these things. Um, but remember, spiritual encounter, theological foundation, right? And so the thing that I knew I, when spirit of, of, of might said I swing the sword of justice, I had like a little Rolodex. I don't like Bible addresses I don't remember very well, <laughs> okay? Um, if wisdom can bring that back, that'd be cool. Um, but thank God for BLB because you can just type stuff in, right? So I had that Rolodex of God's justice is, his, you know, all those things, right? His truth is so on and so forth. But check this out, right? Proverbs 1, verses 2 through 7. Now, this is the, you know, the, the real verse, like uh, Solomon speaking about just some different things about what he's wanting to do and, and with, with the Lord and stuff. And it says, to know wisdom and instruction, to discern the sayings of understanding. To receive instructions in wise behavior. Righteousness, justice, and, uh, and equity. To give prudence to the naive, to the youth knowledge and uh, discretion. A wise man will hear and increase in learning. And a man of understanding will acquire counsel. To understand a proverb and a figure, the words of the wise and their riddles. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Right? So as we kind of hit some of the highlights, do you see how th theology is backing up that supernatural encounter? Are y'all tracking with me? So what does healthy discernment look like in the natural you know, I've kind of given some, uh, some explanations and stuff, some story. I am going to share one, like, hey, buddy. <laughs> um, one of the things about the sermon, before I share this story, um, you know, a lot of people, especially seers, right? How many of y'all ever heard, if I saw it, I need to say it because the Lord wouldn't have showed it to me if I didn't see it? You know, have y'all ever heard that one before, right? Eh, wrong answer, <laughs> right? No whammy, no whammy, no whammy, whammy. Yeah, how many of y'all remember that game show? I don't even remember the name of it. Anyhow. <clears throat> just because you see something in the spirit, or just because you feel something in the spirit, or just because you know something in the spirit, or just because you perceive someone's thoughts in the spirit, does not automatically qualify you to talk about the thing that you saw, felt, heard, or perceived. Because it's not necessarily that that the Lord is wanting you to go after, but what that is doing to their heart because they believed a lie. Does that make sense? 
right? Sometimes it's for you because you, you, you need to grow in that understanding of the Lord's heart for that person. Are y'all tracking? One of my favorite things to teach on, when I, especially when I'm teaching dreams or we go deep dive into prophetic stuff, is bringing that person into a deeper encounter with love, whoever you're ministering to. Right? That is my overall objective because Jesus is my chief cornerstone upon which everything is built. And that chief cornerstone, Jesus is perfect love. So my goal is to introduce anybody I minister to into a, a deeper revelation of his love. Right? So sometimes the Lord is wanting to connect your heart to his heart for their heart because that thing that he just showed you isn't what he wants in their heart. It doesn't mean you talk about that. Right? If you're prophetic, which I think we all are, I know we all are, sometimes you're praying over people and you see wounds from people's past. Anybody seen that before? Right? It's not your responsibility to call out that wound. It is your responsibility to speak life, to speak truth, to speak the Father's heart so that that wound heals. Does that make sense? Right? And so in that, one of the things to always remember 1 Corinthians um, 14, 32. Paul's gone through all of this list, the, the gifts of the Spirit. He's, he's gone through all of this stuff, talking about, pro- I wish all of you would prophesy, right? And then he goes on and he says, the spirits of the prophets are subject to the control of the prophets. In other words, self-control, that fruit of the Spirit, is to control your spirit, Sometimes to control your tongue. Right? Right? So how does this apply? All right, so uh, when when did I tell you I had this at at Crunch? So I work out at Crunch. I missed the month of August, and I put on like 10 pounds, and I'm really mad at myself. And now I'm even more mad because now my legs are sore, my chest is sore, my arms are sore because I've started working out again. It's like, oh. (sighs) Anyhow. um, So this one day, I'm fresh back in, and I'm kind of focused. I got my AirPods in, and I'm doing my workout. And I'm on the cable machines, and I'm doing, I don't remember what I was doing. I was doing, I think, uh, back and triceps and stuff. And like two machines down, I see this really big black guy. I mean, he's, he's huge. He's 6'3", 280, and he's, he's big, power lifter big. Y'all know what I'm talking about? And I'm, you know, observing people because, you know, the gym is a fun place to people watch. Y'all need a membership just to do that. It's, it's well worth it. But this guy... Had on a shirt, thank God. Um, (laughs) And on the front of it, it had a phrase that most of us in this room would completely disagree with. It was about a movement that happened several years ago. You guys can probably catch on. And on the back, it said something about taking a knee, right? And I'm going to tell you what I discerned. Anger. Hurt. Hate towards me because of my skin. That's what I discern. So unhealthy discernment does one of a couple things. One is it goes and rebukes him for that hate. Right? Come on. Hey, if you saw it, you felt it, you should go and do it and deal with it because that's not righteousness. Right? Another thing that it might do is ignore and run the other way. And there are times when that's the right thing to do, but this is why relationship is so important. 
I go about my workout. We never connect on the gym floor. I'm focused. I'm like, all right, Lord, I did, I did the Stairmaster yesterday. I thought it was a stairway to heaven, but I'm sure I'm, my legs were telling me it was, I was going to hell. <laughs> if you've done Stairmaster, you know what I'm talking about. And so I, I don't want to do that, Lord. And he's like, all right, go to the sauna. I'm, that's the conversation I was having with the Lord. I'm like, all right, sounds good to me. Be, you know, get a sweat on, go in there. Go into the sauna. Who's in there? No shirt on either. <laughs> no shirt. Big dude. What does I immediately sense? I felt the anger. I felt the hatred. I felt the hurt of a lot of different things. Not one thing did I ever, I never even pointed to any of that. I actually, just being transparent, when I, I was like, oh, great. So he's got his AirPods in. I throw my AirPods. I'm listening to something. <laughs> you know when God has you on an assignment, he does some really cool things, right? I'm sitting there. He's, you know, he's, I don't know, two, three, four feet away from me. It's just me and him. And I'm listening to some podcast or something. Or I'm pretty sure it was a podcast at this point. And all of a sudden, my AirPods give me that, that noise. Like three minutes in. I'm like, are you kidding me, Lord? I'm like, all right. And so I look over, and as soon as my AirPods die, the healthy discernment kicked in. And I looked over at this gentleman. He was typing on his phone, and you know, I could tell facial expressions and all that. And I immediately felt his father's heart for the orphans, the legit orphans. And I felt father's heart swell with pride because of how well this gentleman was pouring into orphans, young men and young women who did not know their dads. It did not take very long for me to recognize, oh, Lord, I am here on an assignment. And so I'm watching him and stuff, and I'll be honest with you, I'm a little nervous, okay? Like he could squish me like a, like a cockroach, just, you know. And so I'm like, all right, Lord, I feel that. I know that connection. And so I motion to him. I don't know what he's going to do. Motion to him. He gets done typing. I motion to him. I say, hey, man, can I encourage you with something? Right? If you have a prophetic word for somebody outside the church, it's a great way to lead into it, by the way. Hey, can I encourage you with something? Right? Because I don't know who he is. I don't know what he's going to do. I'm halfway expecting him to tell me a four-letter word to off. You know what I mean? Because that's, again, I'm discerning. Right? Say, so, hey, man, can I encourage you with something? He goes, yeah, go ahead. And he puts his head down. And I'm like, what the junk is going on? And I said, hey, bro, I just really felt sitting here that you have an incredible heart of a father. And that you have a heart of a father for the fatherless. And I see you pouring into young men and women's lives, those who don't know their dads. And, you, and I really felt like uh, God is raising you up to be a father to the fatherless. And I start prophesying, and guess what happens? This big guy, his eyes turn red. And he's swelling up, and he's, and he's holding it back, and he's holding it back. And I continue to prophesy over him, and I'm, I'm seeing all this stuff. And, and, and like many times with prophetic words, the unveiling happens as you deliver the word. 
right? So if you're waiting to see the whole picture, guess what? You're not going to see the whole picture the majority of the time. You have to step out in faith. You have to take that risk, especially when it comes to something like that, because these words of knowledge are called a breaker gift, right? They come from spirit of knowledge, intimacy with the Lord, because if you can be intimate with the Lord and have his heart for their heart, then he can show you some of the most valuable, priceless, and fragile things about their heart because he trusts you. And I continue to prophesy over him about this father's heart, and I see him doing these different things, and I even said, I even see you like doing like football camps and all this other stuff, and, and he's just like holding back the tears, but the dam is cracking. Y'all know what I'm talking about? And then I look, and I said, dude, I see this wall in front of you as well, and I don't know what it is, but I'm, I'm see you. It's, it's, it seems big, but it is thin. And if you continue to press through, you can knock that thing down because the Lord has given you such a tremendous spirit of might and strength and just tenacity to, to move. And he's crying. And I'm talking big guy, big guy. I don't know what is with me and the big guys, but, but that was him and he was crying. And I stop. I don't have to ask if that makes sense. I'm halfway wondering if he's going to punch me. <laughs> and he's like, <sighs> and I'm, I'm telling you, like bloodshot red eyes. And he goes, for 20 years, man, I've been doing what you do. And this is the first time. In 20 years, anybody's ever done it back to me. And I was just questioning, do I give up? Do I stop? And he goes on to tell me a story. Broke my heart. He was in his mother's arms, him and his sister, when he was two years old, as his earthly father murdered his mom. His earthly father passed away when he was 17. And so for all intents and purposes, he grew up without a dad. You talk about some father wounds. That's deep. But how many of you know that father heals and delivers the fatherless? He goes on to tell me that with his sons that he, he would do these little weekend kind of getaways to like different little spots or whatever. And they'd have like 10, 12, 14 kids. And the, the only two, him and his buddy that were running the trip, their kids were the only ones that had dads. And 20-something years ago, he started recognizing that. And so he started doing these weekend retreats for the fatherless. Because that's what he has is a father's heart. We go and he's telling me this. He's crying and he's telling about how he doesn't really cry. And, you know, he holds back those emotions because he's, he's had to be that guy. And he's crying, I'm like, you know, and I'm listening to him. I'm not interjecting. I start seeing other things, good things, nothing bad. I'm like, no, prophet's in control of the gift. You're in control of your discernment too. And I want to encourage you, how do you partner with? When, you, when your discernment is picking up on the stuff that's really there, where is one of the seven spirits of God? What do they want to release? What does Father, Father want to release in that moment? Because that person in front of you, is if they're not a believer, they're an orphan and need to know their father. Many times, even if they are a believer, they don't know their father. 
And that discernment isn't meant for you to pick apart their sin life or the abuses that happened to them when they were a kid. It's meant to introduce them into the one who loves them the most because the ministry of reconciliation, 2 Corinthians 5, is ours. And we are to reconcile the hearts of the children, the orphans, back to the heart of the Father for the way the heart of the Father has always been for them. And in that moment, this guy, his name is John, was having that encounter. And I looked at him. This is going to be really weird to y'all, but to each their own. And I felt the Father. Give him a hug. He's never had a father's hug. So I looked at John. We're in the sun. This is like 20 minutes in. I was already sweating. <laughs> now we're really sweating. Literally, you know. I said, bro, can I give you a hug? He said, yeah. Like, in, like not even a hesitation. And we get up and, man, he stunk. I stunk. I was sweaty. He was sweaty. He was shirtless. I was not. <laughs> Phew. <laughs> and I gave him a hug. And I'm not talking just like a little bro hug, tap, tap, and out. I'm talking about an embrace. Because his father said a father's hug. And I'm hugging him, getting awkward, because <laughs> it's getting long. It was at least 10, maybe 15 seconds. I said, bro, I love you. I love you. Father loves you. And he's melting. And then we go and we talk for probably 30-something minutes in that. Jake's opinion. That's what healthy discernment executed looks like. And if we're going to operate, if we're going to move in the gifts and the power of God, especially in discernment, we need to do it in a healthy way. We don't do it out of, there's no, Jesus took the judgment for us already. There's no, there's no, y'all recognize, there's no more chastisement for your sins. Why? Because the chastisement of our sins was upon him on the cross. The prophetic is not meant to judge in the negative sense, but in rendering the righteous decision of the father, which is that's my son and I want his heart. That's what it looks like. When you see a snake in a dream, recognizing, hey, there's a great opportunity for spirit of wisdom. Why? Because Jesus redeemed the snake. Be as wise as a serpent and as innocent as a dove. It's talking about your tongue. As innocent as a dove, what do you release, right? There's always something redeeming to look for and to see. And if you learn, I encourage you, study this more and more. I do a training in January called the Seven Spirits of God. It's in my dreams group. It's a private thing. There is a cost to it. I want to encourage you guys to join it. You know, I'll post more about it if Chris lets me. Sorry, I didn't ask for your permission earlier. I should have. Okay. But I go in deeper because I break down two spirits per week. So I get a little more time than 45 minutes to go. But I want to encourage you guys in that, especially if you're wanting to move heavy like that. If you want to impact people, if you want to move in the fear of the Lord, one of the greatest privileges is to live a life of faith. If you're an adrenaline junkie, faith is where it's at. Because it requires him to show up 
every time. And the more you discern, the more properly and healthily and have his heart, what all can he show you? How much impact could you have in all seven mountains of society? Does that make sense, you guys? Healthy discernment is how we're going to grow this. Healthy discernment is how we're going to impact the world and do our part to expand the kingdom. Right? So I want to encourage you, study those things out. Go start looking. Now, when you start reading, especially through Proverbs, and you start seeing wisdom and then understanding, your mind is going to go, oh, my Lord. Right? And you start seeing how often they are mentioned. Don't believe, like, identify the counterfeit. That's fine, but don't pay it no attention, man. All right, where, where's the authentic at in this? Where is one of the seven spirits of God? If you can't find one of them, Spirit of the Lord, which is Holy Spirit, is there already because she is omnipresent. Does that make sense? So let's focus on, let's focus on them. Let's make room by focusing on all of Holy Spirit, not just the warm fuzzies we feel during worship. Not just the warm fuzzies when you give a prophetic word. Let's focus on that. Let's fear the Lord properly so that we empower him and make room for them to move. Does that make sense, you guys? Hopefully this was very helpful for y'all. A little more laid back, I guess, because I wasn't trying to pack everything into one message. But, but yeah, let's let's move. Let's be a church of healthy discernment. Does that sound good, Pastor Chris? Amen. Let's give Jake a round of applause. That's good. You know, I think you got to ask yourself this on a regular basis is, Uh, The question is not if we influence, it's who we influence and how we influence. So are we going to yield to the seven spirits of God or are we going to yield to the seven spirits of suspicion? (laughs) Because they're there and they are equally trying to get attention. So a really great way to point this out, Jake, and breaking it down, like Jake said, you know, he's going to do some classes later uh, in the year, and it's, it's going to be fabulous. And, um, you know, those gifts are there for us as a body to use, and they're there to bless people. And I love the story about the guy in the sweat room. I, literally, I had something happen to me like that really similar back about five or six years ago. It was almost exactly the same thing, and it's so awkward being in that sweat room. But uh, God... God, you know, he picks the craziest places for us to just release his love and his goodness. And all we have to do is say, yes, sir, right? Say yes and watch breakthrough happen. For more resources and information about Resurgent ATL, please visit our website.